You were raised to believe the world was black and white. But what if it isn't? What if the rigid belief system you have never questioned is wrong? What if the world is actually a lot more gray? This show is for the seekers, the explorers, those brave enough to step outside of certainty and question everything. Join your hosts as they sit across from the world's leading thought leaders, visionaries, religious gurus, entrepreneurs, philosophers, and more to tackle difficult topics. You don't need all the answers to find meaning in life, but you should be free to ask all the questions. This is Figuring It Out. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Figuring It Out. Today, we have somebody on the show that should have his own show on TLC, but you will find out why very shortly. My good friend, Calvin Wayman, is joining us in the studio. What's up, bro? We've been having a good time. Dude, it's I'm been good. I'm happy to be here. It's been Just good. Chilling. It's, it's unfortunate that the problem was the cords because it would have been great to record everything that was yeah going on up to this point i'm not even looking forward to what we're about to talk about because we already did it <laughs> yeah but i wasn't a part of that so it was let me tell you yeah. it was the best this episode that you have not heard yet was the best yes it was okay. excellent. all right so why don't we just start with a little bit of context here take us back you know as far as you can remember, bring us up to speed. Let's say a minute, two minutes. Just get the audience caught up with where we are. Like literally go to my childhood? Childhood, about? yeah. I remember if I could crawl, bro. Waymans have crazy memories. Well, let's start there. I remember wearing a diaper and getting on a teeter-totter and getting a sliver in my thigh and I bled and my brother got it out. I was like really young. What a good brother. Yeah. That's nice. That's very was that nice. a brother that you were close with? Yes. Yeah, that's what made him close to me. I always remembered that because he got the sliver out right before we changed my diaper. I was very happy. Nice. Yeah. So what happened after that? (laughs) Well, (laughs) how much context are we talking? Yeah, like let's just should we drop any bombs? No, let's go thirty seconds, just high level before we get into specifics. Uh, So how'd you grow up? So I grew up a special kind of Mormonism. Uh, some people know regular Mormons. I'm known as a Mormon fundamentalist. No longer, uh, fundamentalist Mormons are like, however, Mormons were in the late 1800s, early 1900s. That's how my family grew up. So if you've ever heard about Joseph Smith being a polygamist, the founder of Mormonism or any Mormons being a polygamist, my family still lives that way. So for the past four generations, my family has lived polygamously. So I come from a ginormous family. I have one dad, four moms, and more siblings than I have fingers or toes to count. <laughs> like double. Yeah. 44. 44 siblings. Yeah. yeah. So, And we all grew up in the same house. How many acres? One. How many bathrooms? Yeah. How many bedrooms? 13. Oh, okay. 13 bathrooms? Yeah. Nice. How did Roughly. your dad make money? That's a lot of people. Uh, it's, uh, it is a lot because... To provide for, seriously, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, well, we grew up in a way that we had our own garden. We grew in our, our own cattle. You know, we, we, we took care of ourselves with, with meat, pork, chickens, yeah. vegetables, and all that sort of stuff. And a little bit of, you know... Child labor laws not mattering <laughs> in my upbringing. Fair. That helps. So, uh, yeah, construction was the primary thing, and we all just kind of pitched, pitched in. in. Yeah. yeah, That's crazy. You obviously now are not in it. You said right. about half of your siblings are still, half of your siblings are not. Yes. 
what was the breaking point for you? I actually, I, I actually really want you to tell this story. We were talking one time, um, actually at a mastermind. I think we both had a few drinks and we were sitting in somebody's hotel room and just like chilling after one of the, um, sessions or something. And I remember you telling a story about going off to college yeah, and then this philosophy professor or something yep. tells you this, this, mm-hmm. um, you know, like some it's from Socrates or something like that. Close. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So Plato, Plato. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Socrates, uh, student or whatever. So first of all, going to college is a big fucking deal. We can curse, right? It's yep. a big fucking deal. Um, in my culture because, uh, the world was going to end in any, any, any day now. And the worst thing you could possibly do is not be in the religion when the world ends mm. because, uh, you wouldn't have a chance to have eternal life. And because of that, many families were pulling their kids out of public schools and all that sort of stuff, like becoming very isolated from the outside world. My family was such family. I did not ever go to any public school. Uh, I was homeschooled my entire life. By the time I was like 21, 99% of the people that I knew in my life had the last name Wayman. Wow. That's my last name. So I, when I decided to go to college, nobody in my family had ever gone to college. I'm still the only child of all of my dad's kids that had gone to college. Why? Like, why did you decide to go? Because I love learning stuff. I love, I wanted to, I wanted to, like one of the benefits of homeschool is it taught me that I could learn things and I could figure it out. And I just always loved stacking knowledge and learning more. And I was curious about business and curious about other things too, like computers and stuff. But long story short, I finally convinced my grandfather, who's one of the church leaders and my dad to let me go. And, and it was the biggest mistake they ever made. Exactly. My dad's (laughs) like, they're they're like, well, we're just concerned that you're going to be filled with liberal professors. You're going to start, thinking different thoughts, you'll leave and then you'll start wearing short sleeves or something. And I'm like, I promise you, none of that will ever happen. How did you convince them? Like what was like your argument to be able to go? The degree that I was going for. Okay. Business. Okay. And at the time, everybody in my family were in construction. Oh, okay. So my grandfather was like, yeah, it's probably a good idea that we have, cause you gotta, you're not an identity when you're in the, this religion or yeah. I don't know how much it was there. Like you're not an individual. Everything is for the, the hive, mm-hmm. the, the colony. And, uh, and that was kind of the ultimate decision that was like, yeah, it's, it's probably be good if we have someone in the family that knows business. Yeah. Okay. So part of taking college, I learned, is you just have to take, even though you're going for business, you have to take stuff that's not business. Prereq, yeah. Prereq. I had to take this philosophy class. What what? school did you go to? Like, was it close? Was it far? Did, did you have access to your family still? Yeah. So the, part of the deal, yeah. I went to the university of Utah, Okay. started off at this little college called Salt Lake community college. Um, but part of the deal was come like live at home still. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Do not do like my, my grandfather was very clear. Don't do any cur- extracurricular stuff. They're going to want you to join whatever fraternities they're yeah. going to, you're going to, there's Clubs a lot of parties. Whatever, yeah. Don't go to any parties. 
And I was like, can I go to football games? He was like, yeah, you can go to football games. That was the one thing. So I went to Utah Ute football games. That was literally the only thing. I didn't go to any college parties um, so that I could not get tempted or any of that stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I lived at home. And I take this philosophy class. And how the story goes is we the whole story, the whole f- semester is themed around the Matrix, this whole class. If you know the story of the Matrix, like Neo's like in this world that you realize, you're, well, we're all living in this simulation. What a lot of people may not know is the Matrix is based on Plato's allegory of the cave. That's where it comes from. So mm. Plato's allegory of the cave, how it goes is there are these people inside of a cave and that's where they've been their whole life. They're chained inside the cave. And the question philosophical question that my professor asked is, are they sad? Of course they're not sad. Why would they be sad? It's what they've, and we're like, well, they're, they're chained. They're in, it's all they know, right? Like if somebody doesn't know they're trapped, are they really trapped? Well, we know they are, but they don't. Mm -hmm. It's like having deer that's in like a natural reserve. Yeah. There's a fence. We know they're protected. They don't know whatever. That's the whole argument. And in the story, Every day, these shadows appear in front of the people uh, on the wall in front of them. And that's the time they're the most excited because they're sitting there and these shadows appear and, and they, they make meaning out of those shadows, the different shapes and what it means. Like it's everything to them. And one day, one of the people inside of the cave breaks loose from the chains and the first thing he does is he, there's like a wall behind them that he always wanted to go check out. And he goes and checks out behind the wall and sees that the shadows that were on the wall are created by objects that somebody's holding up in front of a flame. And like, this is mind blowing for this guy because the shadows were their complete reality. Like the shapes were just as real as anything. They talk about what it means. And it's like the first time is like, it's created by this object. What? And then he sees a crack in the wall and goes towards it and leaves the cave. So he thought, let's say the shadow was a shape of a tree. He thought that was ultimate reality. Then he sees somebody holding up the shape of a tree. It was like, that's ultimate reality. Then he leaves the cave and he sees a real tree. Like his mind is blown. Like everything that he knew shattered, scared him to death. And then after it scared him to death, he was like, but this is kind of awesome. There's so much more to life. There's a lot out, out here. So he explores a lot. And then after he realizes how mistaken he was and he's enjoying life so much, what do you think he wants to do with his loved ones? He wants to tell them. Yeah. 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 So eventually he goes back to the cave to let his friends, family, and loved ones know like what he's discovered and what he's found. And first he go, when he goes in the cave, his eyes were adjusted to the light. And so he couldn't really see. And so he like stumbles into the cave and everybody's like, bro, where you've, where have you been? Like, we've been worried about you. And he starts telling them all the things he's he's learned going over their head. They have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. They have no context. They're like, bro, you're, you're high. Whatever yeah, you're said. crazy. Yeah. You're, you're a crazy Thou person. Art high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, they start, he starts telling them like, no, like 
a tree is like this. It's not like that. And eventually, out of frustration, one of his family members were just like, you're just talking crazy talk. Like, what could be better than, than the shadows? And he's like, don't you understand? These shadows are nothing compared to what's real and what's out there. Then all of a sudden, they feel threatened. Like, are you trying to take away our shadows? And they conspire. They kill him. That's how my professor tells the story. So uh, my professor tells us all this story. And then she says, okay, class, now I want you to reflect on these questions. Who are you in the story? Mm-hmm. Can you honestly say that you're someone that it is curious and wants to discover truth? Are you willing to leave everything you've ever known in pursuit of truth? Like, would you be willing to leave the cave? Yeah. Or, and this was the big explosion in my brain, is she was like, or how do you know that, that you're not, that you think you're learning something new, but how do you know you're just not sitting in the cave and looking at shadows on the wall? Yeah. And that was the first time in my life I was like, holy fuck, everything that was the most important thing to me was some other projection. Mm. Like somebody else, uh, like read these books, right? Oh, and I felt, and, and it makes me feel like I'm studying. I now call this like mental masturbation. Like it's not real. Mm. Like it's like trying, oh, you're- There's you our episode this? title. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, yeah, it feels like, oh, read this book. You're going to get smarter. Read this book. But it's all within the same canon, the same, yeah. the same cave, yeah, the same point, projection. Right. <clears throat> And so that was, that was the beginning. Like it honestly scared the hell out of me. That was like freshman fall semester. Yeah. That, that, that was the crack. That's what made me say, holy shit. What if, what if I'm living in a cult? Okay. So there's two kinds of people. Like there's people that go and they get told something like that, or they go to college and their faith system crumbles, you know, like when we were in our faith system, and I'm sure you heard the same, like you'd hear about those people that went to college, they got liberal ideas, they left their faith. I heard about them all the time, yeah. So yeah. like, I'm always curious, like what do you think made you go, like like actually shatter and reconsider yourself versus like, I'm sure you were told your I whole didn't. life, like put up the roadblock and go like, that's what they're going to tell me. I didn't reconsider it, interestingly enough. What I did is I saw something and this is what I realized. I realized that my faith foundation was on shaky ground mm, yeah. because it wasn't something that I discovered. Yeah. So this is what it I can't happen overnight. You yeah. Know, like something that's drilled into your mind. Like your mind is nothing but a computer program mm-hmm. that's written with code based on experiences and, mm. and, and input from people around you and authority and all of those things. So like you can't rewrite all that code in yes. a single class. You know? Yes. So, but to, uh, this is a, a big point reconsider it. Yes. That's ultimately what I was doing. But really what I was doing at that point is I was so freaking scared that I was wrong. And, and I was like, well, I know that I, I actually do care about whatever the truth is. So if I'm honest with myself and I care about that, then I'm going to go see if I can figure it out. And all of my studying really from the, at the beginning was like, wasn't to see if I'm wrong. I'm like, I'm going to go make, like, if it's true, I'll find out. Yeah, search for proof. Yeah, 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 I'll confirm. And so I kept digging so that I had a solid foundation to confirm that it was true. 
And that did not turn out so well. That's <laughs> so good. That did not go well. Was that like independent self-study type stuff? Or yeah. did you try to take classes or anything like that? I took, I took classes. There, there was now electives that I could take. I, I took a, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a world religion class. I'm going to take an Asian religion class, things that were different. Again, all those things are like, it's weird because I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find truth that, that points back to this. Because I have to believe that if this is true, then I'll find it independent of the cave stuff, like what my dad, what the books and right. all that yeah. stuff. And the more I did it, I was like, fuck, this is not working out the way that I thought. <laughs> and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Like, oh man. So during that process, were you still hiding it from then your family that you were doing that? Or oh, were yeah. you, yeah. So you, you were at that oh, point yeah. like, oh, I'm going to do this knowing they're not Dude, okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Because you're, you're afraid of like being ostracized. Like, oh yeah. It's like being kicked out of the camp butt ass naked right. in the middle of a snowstorm. That's what it feels like internally. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know about your experience, but it was like in, in this whole time, incredibly isolating because number one, we were so private to the outside world. Like we hid the fact that we were polygamous. We didn't, we didn't own it and be like, you know what, if you don't like it, go screw yourself. It was like, yeah. no, like don't let anybody know who you are, you uh, know, okay, like be very private. So, well, because it was illegal at the time. Yeah, right? yeah, living yeah. in polygamy is legal. My, I have grandparents, great grandparents on both sides that have spent prison time because they were polygamous for no other reason. Which oh. is a whole other. I don't believe in. I, I don't agree with that. That's a whole other conversation. But I could. I didn't talk to. I didn't tell anyone in college where I came from. Like no, no I did not make friends, mm. and so I didn't have those people to talk to, and nobody at home. Didn't, they didn't even have the context for it, similar to trying yeah. to explain to somebody inside the cave what you've seen. Right. Yeah. So right. it was a very long, They arduous, just think you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was a very yeah. long, isolating, arduous process. Yeah, that's funny because that's um, in our trailer episode, that's what we say is like we all experience things differently, but the one thing that we all have in common is it was the, some of the loneliest times to go through yeah. because you just like there's nobody there's nobody I can talk to about this because everybody I know believes all the same things yep. and we're all told the same stuff about people who stop believing the stuff that we believe you okay. know what I'm saying like we have a certain perception of those like they're they're immediately bad they're sinful how, like whatever you know terms you want to describe them as and you're like well I, I don't want to be that you know like I don't know about you but for me I've I, I kind of similar was just like I felt like I felt like I was hoping I was going to come back to the conclusion that I already had before I started the process. I, yeah. Which I just didn't tell anybody because I was like, ah, you know, it's probably just a phase. Like I'll, I'll come back around yeah. at some point and yep. I, you know, obviously didn't. Happen. But that's, what's funny is like your, your story, like the element of polygamy is extreme and like, we don't relate to that. Yeah. But everything you're saying, like, you know, feeling like the crack in the belief system, totally. feeling isolated. You talked about that and you're like, being scared to question it, like all that's the same, but that's one of the reasons, like I look back now and go like, it is all the same. Like, yeah, it's just these extreme lines drawn in the sand where there's no real foundation to it. That's how Travis and I, I think really connected on this whole, like, I think you're actually the very first person that I ever felt like I truly connected with that, that got it mm. because you went and it's a completely different religion, completely yeah. different process, yeah. but very much like, you went to school in the same thing. It's what you knew. It's like all the people you knew, like very strict rules, like, and, and then, and then deconstructed. And, and like, I think something that we, I mean, you probably felt this fear even when you were going through it or like, 
uh, of of leaving it, of being damned. At least that's some of the stuff yeah, that I had. Right, right. You know, of like, what if they are right? Exactly. Yeah. What if I'm mm-hmm. wrong? That's a big thing in my church. Like yeah. Yeah. they say. They often say, like, we're the one true church, and the, my church leader um, often says, uh, you're going to die and find out your mistake. You know, mm. and he's always trying to scare That's people. terrifying. Yeah. yeah, you're always trying to scare people that you're, well, you're going to die and discover your mistake and that we were the right ones and that you're screwed. Right, so. which is which almost is verbatim. Says. Yeah, exactly, almost which, verbatim. Which is we crazy, because, like... I love that so much. <laughs> I honestly do. I love so much how completely different cultures of fundamentalism come up with similar patterns. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny, dude. Cause like you were saying your dad like drank alcohol and like you showed us a video of your pastor that like cursed on stage. It's yeah. just so funny. Like you, you, you grew up in such an extreme version of Mormonism with polygamy. And like, like I would look at that and I would go like, it was funny. We had this conversation um, at um, vid summit just briefly. <clears throat> and I was like, I was like, yeah, I feel like uh, Eric always gives me a hard time because I, I can never like call what I grew up in a cult. And I'm just like, yeah, it's a, I call it a bubble. You know, it was, it was mm-hmm. a bubble. I grew up, you know, from three years old to 21 years old, the same, everything was the same, you know, it was a bubble. And then uh, I talked to you at summit and I was like, uh, I, I think I was introducing to somebody. I was like, he grew up in like an actual cult. And then you were like, yeah. it's funny that you say that because I don't really view what I grew up in as a cult. And I was like, huh, maybe there's something to that. Maybe like <laughs> both of us are sitting here trying to deny the fact that like, it was an extreme, regardless if you want to put the label on it or not put the label on it, it was still an extreme version of yeah. a religion that most people understand, but not to the, not to the depth. I think I'm getting more open to call it a cult. Interesting. Yeah, well, I, I think cult is such a loaded word talking about it. it. It's not super helpful to like helping people out of them. Exactly. But yeah, but I love like Stephen Hassan talk. He calls them high control groups. Like, and I think that's, yeah. A lot better. And he breaks it down like you have the behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. And like when you read through his like list of things, which everyone should just Google the bite model. But like when you start looking, you're like, dude, it's a cult. Like that's what <laughs> yeah. it is. I like, love the bite model. I don't know why. I've, I've looked at him like that wouldn't help me. That wouldn't have helped me yeah. when I'm in it. Because right? being in a cult is like a one-way mirror. It's like those you rooms yeah. that, that yeah. you're being interrogated in. You can only see it from the outside. That's why I was only- curious how you got, <clears throat> sorry, that, that's why I was curious how you got that crack from that conversation. Because I talked to people who had the same experience as me to a T, same church, same environment. And I, I someone asked me the other day, like, how did you see it as a teenager who'd never right. left? And how did they not see it? Yeah. And now they're like, whatever. It's age. like they so, bite so. down further or they, right. they start... So, like and like watching the idea. somebody to see it. The, the thing not, that was for me, I was, I, was, I, was, well, I was gonna say, I think that's that's the personality of what I always talk about because no. that's exactly how we were. Like, if it wasn't for you, that's why I always say, like, people, I feel like you give yourself a hard time, but I'm thankful for that because I'm such a rule follower that I would have never questioned any of it. But once I actually like, that's why I'm thankful that you weren't like overbearing with it or like controlling with it. You were very much of just like, you asked me the questions until I realized that I didn't have the answer. So mm. like, to me, I think it's definitely a personality thing. Cause like I would have never drank alcohol. I would have never done any of those things. Like just cause 
I didn't have like any desire to, but now then we can't stop you. <laughs> 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 but like, that's the difference. I think it's a personality difference. Cause I think that like, I just like, I found comfort in the rules as opposed to right. like you were like, and my sister, I think is the same exact way. Like you guys, like the second you had the chance to were yeah. like, if I ever get the chance to, I want to, for me, I didn't even entertain the thought of it. Cause it, yeah, was, it was just like, it's funny. Cause we, we had that conversation pretty early on where we, we would get preached at and be like, it, you know, it was always the extremes. There was never a version of like being able to drink a white claw on an afternoon with a couple friends and have a good time. That was never, it was always like you take a sip of liquor and you're going to be like selling your kids shoes for that last hit of cocaine in like the next three months. You know what I mean? I remember that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a legit thing. It's a real story. Uh Yeah. Yeah. That they would tell in the sermon illustrations. I heard singing and then. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, I I don't know this. Will you tell the fast version of that story? It's not, it's not, it's probably not a true story, but it's basically this guy that his kid was really sick and needed medicine and he went and spent his money on alcohol or cocaine. It's he went depending to go get the medicine basically, yeah. but and he was buying, so addicted to the alcohol. He went and bought, the he got alcohol. very drunk. Yeah. He was walking down and then he heard music, beautiful, most beautiful music he'd ever heard. And it was a mission and they were playing music. And then he ended up going and getting saved and crying because his, his uh, kid died. There's yeah. a billion of those. We could do a whole episode. We should do a yeah, whole episode on, on, on crazy on sermon illustrations. Cause that's that, like, yeah. that's like a very basic one. <laughs> yeah. Like the welcome to the world of AIDS. Welcome to the world of AIDS is the best. Um, that's a good yeah. I have wait, no, wait, just say no idea. Just say, one. just tell the story really quick. The, so we can, the and one? then, and then one we thing I, want to put a pain, I do have a story on this line of what makes somebody different yeah. and how they come up with it, but we can, but this is important. Yeah. This is another sermon illustration. Am I hearing you right? The aid or welcome AIDS. to the world of AIDS. Like, a- the, the disease, disease. The disease. Yes, like oh, the horrible like, disease. There's like three oh, variations. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a few different variations, which basically tells you how made up the story is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's basically like this: this girl grows up, you know, Christian, or whatever, gets a bunch, just a fast version of the story. Um, everybody tells her not to go to these parties, not to hang out with these people and blah, blah. blah. And she decides to go to this party one day. And then, um, she was telling them no, that she can't have anything to drink. And then they, you know, the peer pressure, like got her to take a first drink and then she had more drinks. And then she ended up going home with this guy and, uh, and they like had sex. And so she wakes up feeling guilty and horrible and like she's sinned and all this stuff. And then she, um, she, she wakes up, turns over and on the nightstand, there's a little black casket, like a little miniature casket. And she, uh, and it's a note that's addressed to her. So she picks up the casket and opens it up and inside there's another note and she opens up the note and it says, welcome to the world of AIDS. And it's basically this sermon illustration that says like, you oh, yeah. like don't have sex before you're married because you're going to get AIDS and die. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But it, but that's so that's scary. So yeah. When you're for, a, a 13 year old, like, well, they would tell that stories like when we're in elementary school, bro. You're like yeah. 11 years, like you don't even know what sex is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Can you tighten that? I think so. But yeah, um, what, I was going to say something on, on the lines of like what makes certain people figure or yeah. like start sooner down yeah. the journey. Um, for me, for me, it was, or what helps somebody that's in it get out of it. For me, it wasn't like stories or, or anything like that. It, it was experience. Once I left and I experienced things in life that were in complete contradiction mm-hmm. to the things that I thought were absolute truth, like zero budging on it, it's 100% true. And then I would experience something that would be in contradiction of that truth. I was like, well, it's clearly not absolutely true. Or this could not be happening right now. There's some gray area. So, yeah, like, so is that occasionally? 
is that there's sometimes where that's not true or that is true. Like that was the first time where I was like, what else isn't true? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That was the question, the burning question in my mind of like, mm-hmm. if this one thing that's like a tenet of what I believe could potentially not be true because I've experienced that fact, then what other things do I fully 100% believe that just might not be true? You know what I mean? It was just like a scary reality. We all have those too. Um, The thing, the question that I started to ask myself, people always ask, well, how did you leave? What got you to leave? I asked myself a question that I think is incredibly useful in retrospect. And I asked myself, why am I here? What's making me stay? And I think that's a much more in the religion. Yeah. Mm. I think the difference between different people is I was just brutally honest with myself in that question. Yeah. Why, instead of why do I leave? Why am I here? Mm. And I looked at other people in different religions that we were taught were they're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. And I'm like, well, if they're wrong, they probably don't want to be wrong. Why are they in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are they in it? Why, why are my, why are these friends in this church down the street yeah. that we all believe they're wrong? Why are they in it? And if you were to ask that person, they'd be like, well, because of, because we're true and stuff like that. And then right. I would reflect on me. Well, but that's exactly what I would say. Me, I would say that. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? And then I started to be like, oh my gosh, what, they're in it because they were, they told, were yeah. told this, they were born into it. Holy shit. They're in their own if cave. If I was born in theirs, where would I be? Travis, yeah, I talked about that. And, I, and I was honest with myself. I'm like, okay, I started to learn about odds yeah. and probability. I'm like, well, if I was... Exactly, that's what I was saying. Bro, if crazy? I was in theirs, I probably would also say the same thing about theirs and not right. this one. But if this is ultimately true, holy and, crap! And what? if there's only one truth, but there's 350 different belief systems, or at this point, there's, I mean, got to be literally thousands if you really looked at like different sects of different like high-level religions or whatever. What are the odds you were born into the only correct one? Right. They're what's infinitesimally cra- low. What's yes. crazy is uh, I was listening to a comedian. Um, That's why Akash. you should be so grateful, by the way. You should be yeah, so right, grateful. Exactly. The yeah. Yeah. Used to, so that, that used to be like the, the, oh, the introduction of my prayer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so God, thank you so, so much lucky. for putting me in America and putting me in this religion that's right. And America, then also putting me in Jesus the best church of this best religion and being in the church. Like, thank you so much. Wow, that's awesome. You know what I mean? And then later it was like, uh, that's what the other guy's saying. Mm-hmm. So which one of us is is correct here, you know? And then the last thing that, that I'll say before I, sorry, I don't think you want to say something. Last so thing I'll say on that <laughs> is, is where it started changing for me was when I felt, I finally started feeling really hypocritical because, you know, and I'm sure you were the same way. We, we were, we grew up basically knocking on people's doors, inviting them to church. And we were always inviting people to church. I would always be soul winning is what we called it or, or handing out tracks and getting people to come. But then hold on, when, like cassette tapes, tracks. What are you talking about? Oh, like no, oh, no tracked. Cards. Oh, it's yeah. a card. Okay. Yeah, tracked. I was like, like yeah. some people give out like, Hey, listen to my music. Yeah. Yeah. No. no, not listen quite. To my that. gospel yeah. sermon. Okay. Someone just heard that. Some yeah. pastor. Some that's pastor. Secretly, he's like, <laughs> yeah. guys, yeah. <laughs> we're going to start handing out. Cassettes. You know the guys in times square <laughs> sermons. Okay. So you're handing out tracks. So handing out tracks. Like I was always expecting anybody else that had a different belief system to drop everything that they believed to hear me 
because I had the truth. Yes. And if anybody, like if me and you met each other, you know, I would have been like, you should come to my church. And you would have been like, you should come to my church. And then if you said you should come to my church, I would almost laugh you out of the room and be like, yeah, I'm not going to a Mormon church. Ha ha ha. That's crazy talk. You know what I mean? I started thinking about that. I was like, well, why do I expect you to come to my church then? Mm -hmm. If I am expecting you to drop everything that you've ever been taught is true Mm -hmm. and throw your lenses that you've seen the world through up in the air and just come over to my perspective and put on my lenses for a second and adopt my, you know, version of truth or my perspective on how things work. Why would I not be willing to do that for you? Yep. How is that not the the height of hypocrisy to expect everybody to believe what I believe? But if you dare to try to get me to believe what you believe, like you're barking up the wrong tree. Like, wow, that like, that's, that's tough to live with after you, come to that conclusion you know unfortunately this spills over to more than religion into politics and stuff like that but that's probably a different conversation <laughs> <another> day. probably <laughs> well it's way past where i wanted to interject um but i do love that i keep trying to telepathically send messages to you and then <laughs> i know you're just you just keep like, looking like, at me i'm like stop <laughs> stop looking at me because they said <laughs> something and then i'm like and you're just i don't know <laughs> but i i'm curious so like the the isolating scary part is i mean can take years like how long did it take before you told anybody my doubts that you were doubting the first person i told was my assigned marriage wife say, and when did you get married within college and i was then, almost five I, I was almost like five. how old were you when you got in college i, and then almost five. Married, like, <laughs> I was almost 25 wait wait wait. Okay. i skipped something important then you got married at 25 through an arranged marriage yes talk about that first before po- thing. this was post-college though yes yeah, so, when did you get, so you, you were still looking the part but also inside, we're like, oh, yeah, this makes no sense. Yeah, right. So but you still got married when you thought it didn't make sense. Yes. Oh, Lord. Dude, we got needs. Men's, men, men have needs. Yeah. And true. there was no other option. You there was are, no other option. You were right about that. And um, <laughs> yeah, like the, like the first time I ever kissed a girl was the day was was my wedding day after I was married. Nice. Um, so uh, how was it? <clears throat> well, you didn't kiss on the <laughs> altar. You said after you were married. Did you not kiss on the altar? Not no, really. after they, you, there's like these pronounce. temple special handshake shit that's more of like a prayer that you do. I can't tell you. You have to go to the temple. I'm just kidding. Okay, so you really <laughs> don't kiss on your on the altar when you're a Mormon. There's not really an altar. At least the way I got I married, okay. you like like kneel and you have to do this special handshake. You can Google it, but like you, <laughs> you can Google it's it. Top you, you have like your finger. You can Google it. You have like your finger on. on each other's like, uh, what do you call it? Like vein. And it's supposed to do something special that makes it super eternal. After <laughs> that, we did kiss. Okay. Nice. Anticlimactic. Not yeah. that cool. Uh, I was like, I waited all this time for this, you know? Um, uh, but anyway, what was the question? Uh, you got married at twenty five. Oh, well, that, 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 that was weird. Well, like just I, I think just clarifying. Like, I think just clarifying where the you were at when you got yeah, married. Like, like, oh, how long it took was part of this, yeah. and who yeah. I and you told her. Yeah. So I again keep in mind throughout a lot of my studying, I was studying to try to figure it out and hopefully come back to the conclusion. Yeah. And I still wanted to be a good person. Like yeah. I, I had decided when I was fifteen, I'm not gonna kiss any woman until I get married because if you had sex before marriage, that's a, a, a fast track to hell. Right. You know, and you get AIDS. 
Yeah, and and it's and there was a, there were a few things you can't repent from, and for whatever reason, my dad taught sex was one of those. You can't repent wow. from sex before marriage. If you had sex before marriage, you will. There are blessings that you would have gotten in the afterlife that are just forfeited, hmm. and so that's a new angle. Oh yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, and so <laughs> kissing lead, can lead to sex. So don't even kiss. It's like uh, there's this Slippery whole book. My, <laughs> there's this whole book uh, on habits. Uh, what's it called? The James Clear book. Uh, oh, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Uh, basically, the first thing is like the cue. So kissing is the cue. And so get rid of the cue and then you <laughs> yeah. never lead to the right. actual right. habit. Right. right. So um, so I never kissed. And then after getting married, uh, the the woman I was married to, she grew up in a much more liberal family, which was amazing because it made me realize that there's gray area. Well, but in she was shit. still in the same church, though. Same no? church. Different city. She lived four hours away. Oh, really? And her family went to college. Completely different. And that was so good for for my process because it made me realize even within this, there's There's nuance. And people were cool with that? That they were more liberal? No. I thought you said it was well, arranged. But, yeah, but the church My arranged My parents it. didn't arrange it. The so church the, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the church arranged, gotcha. arranged it. How does that work? You just put your name like, on a list of like, okay, I'm ready to get married? It, yeah, kind of. It You're can like, happen. I want to have sex now. See, this exactly. Is how I, Give me a vessel. They let wow. women control it for the most part. Interesting. Uh, we so, need a button. So, so like they, the, <laughs> the young vessel. women, the young women will go to the church leaders and say, I'm ready to get married. Will you assign me? Essentially. Not too different. And, and uh, they can sometimes say, do you have somebody in mind? You got to keep in mind, like marriage in my religion is like, they believe it like it's God ordained, ordaining basically. it. Yeah, yeah. Like you are just, it's the Disney version of marriage. Like Disney talks about like, there's the one that's for you and like you have soulmates. Like we literally believe that. And so, well, but there's like five for you though. Yes. That's the, that's the that's the difference. Five ones. It's like marriage. Like, <laughs> small difference. Yeah. Remember the Disney movie. Yeah. Everyone's really just wondering why you got out of having Beauty five lives right now. Yeah. Beauty and Besides the Beast. That, yeah, that's the only difference. Beauties you have, and the you Beast. You have soulmate, and you have the soulmates. Yeah, soulmates. So <laughs> and nice. uh, so God's ordaining it and stuff. So and you can help God out if you're a woman, like by saying if you've had like a spiritual impression of who the guy is that you should marry so if you like somebody Dude, yeah. there's got to be some toxic women that are like i feel really impressed oh, wait, yeah. so wait, i have a question though yeah. so okay so you have thing. this list so the girl gets on the list and then you got on the list so then how do you get another wife like how is that process then you're that's, just are you just always on the list once you're on the like list? as a guy are yeah. you always, always there like are you always available yeah yeah totally okay. in fact i never <clears throat> wore a wedding ring because as a guy because a wedding mean a wedding ring means that you're taken, and you're never taken. And I'm never taken. Did she wear a wedding ring, bitch? Huh? Did she wear a wedding? Of course. Ring? She 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 had to say. You no, know, I can get on board she, for a few of these things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's what I mean. It's yeah, so clear. Like she, gave, she gave herself to me. I didn't give myself to but you. It, in but the it's ceremony. so clear. But that's the stuff that's for crazy. me. That's like so clear that dudes came up with so many of these religions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Also, okay. Wait, totally. still, I have so many questions. Okay. Are you so trying to get on what? the list? Yeah. She's like, no, like where is this like, What is happening? So wait, what were your vows then? Because like normal wedding vows are like, you are my only forever till death with part okay with part. so, so did she say it and you didn't say it kind death of with part? 
yeah, it's, it, to his do point, us part? Why it's like, very. Another another word. Word. I'm struggling. Part? It's like, do us part. So I'm struggling. We made fun of you guys. It's like General Grievous, like another lightsaber for my collection. Okay, so we we made fun of churches like you guys. Like our church is way cooler. Like most churches, they have to when they die, they can't stay together. Ours is eternal. We're way cooler. So we're like married for eternity beyond death. Well, because you believe your souls existed forever before. Oh yeah, here's the the quick story. We are spiritual people. God and his wives fucked a lot and made spiritual babies. And we're here because the one thing that is very awesome to have is a body because you need a body for some sort of growth and to someday eventually have your own planet, your own universe, your, your, you will become a God. Like you can go through the whole process. And yeah, this so is sounding more interesting, the more we get into it. And so, oh yeah, <laughs> like there's, a, there's, a, no, it, there's yeah. a, there's a whole thing about <clears throat> like me trying, trying to find planet. meaning. Cause this honestly sounds so cool to get to have this, that it's like, how can I get even close to this now that this isn't real? But you, you, you get to come have a body and the only job here is to choose between good and bad. And if you choose the good, then after this life, you'll have more good and eventually be a God, have your God wives, fuck a lot in the spiritual world, have spiritual babies and start the whole process again. So it's just a test. Don't so then answer. what is the wedding ceremony for then? So the, the wedding ceremony is to seal you okay. for time and all eternity and for, and for the woman to give herself to the man. And the, and whenever the question is, well, don't you give yourself to the woman? No, a man gives themselves to Jesus mm. uh, and, and okay. a man is connected to Jesus forever. You're connected to the man forever. Amen. <laughs> yeah. This is okay. what I said today, there this week. I, I ended one of my comedy sets in the name of Jesus fucking Christ, amen. <laughs> so that's like a prayer. This is my prayer in the name of Jesus fucking Christ, amen. Oh, wow, that's um, crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so she okay. she gave herself to me. Okay, so in between, so you got married when 25? 25. When did you finish college? Almost 25. Uh, as soon as I finished. Um, so did you go a little bit later then? Go to, you went to college yeah. at 21? Yeah. So, okay, so 21, finished college around that 24, time. 24, yeah, I was almost, I was 24. Like you did kindergarten for like four years? <laughs> <laughs> I was so, 24, almost 25. When so I where were you mentally then at that point? Like if you were getting married, like when you finished college, where were you mentally right there? At that point, I was at the place of, I still want to find out what's true. I don't know what's true. And I want to have the best thing. And the best thing mm-hmm. at in my context right there was having God give me my spouse. Okay. Like if, if, if they come to me and I can feel good about having sex, I want to have sex yeah. Yeah. and I want it to be God ordained for me to have sex. Like I have all these uh, urges and stuff, but I want it to be like, have God's blessing yeah. on I, my fucking. <laughs> yes, Eric. So let's put a pin there. No, I, wait, I do want to ask about one thing because, like, I've always I so I've ended up on Mormon TikTok a lot lately. Mormon I'm in TikTok. the algorithm, okay. And like, one of the things that gets talked about from like ex Mormons is this whole soaking thing. Oh yeah, is that a legit thing that people do? Oh yeah, because I'm fascinated. We're gonna need by some that. context. Okay. Soaking. I have no oh, idea explain. what soaking is. So oh, I've never heard but, of that. Get ready. Put on a seatbelt. Okay. <laughs> Okay. It's the best. You cannot have sex. You cannot have sex in if you are like, because again, you could be damned. There are blessings you cannot have if you have sex before marriage. What is sex? Well, fucking involves in and out. 
that is fucking. Okay. So this is a biological oh, lesson. Oh, I so have heard of soaking, this. Soaking is, well, what if I just go in and sit there? That's <laughs> what? Yeah. No, no, seriously. So you can, so that is like, that's so smart. That's outsmarting God. So if you're, yeah, so you can soak and be, and not be damned. Yeah. You can just insert. But then the whole thing is, is, is like the whole this, fun joke is like, then you can get a third person involved and like jump on the bed and stuff. Oh and, and like, you're not doing it, you know? <laughs> I heard this is fake. No, because there was a TikTok and they said at BYU, they said something about like their dorm mate or something was like the jumper. Yeah. When you're the jumper. That is the best loophole. Of yeah. all time, uh, yeah. So that is that Very is so king. I, I, That's I what happens say, when you have a twenty-something-year-old man trying to figure out how he can have sex. Talk in about college. figuring wow. it out. Oh, dude! <laughs> figuring it out. Talk so, about <laughs> you jump. Wait, jump faster. <laughs> if it just happens to go in and out, but I'm not doing the that's action. That's the whole yes. if you trip and wow. fall. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. That's how it's done. That's Who's great. the TikToker? Is it some guy? There's, that, a, there's a bunch. The I, I get okay. them all the time. Cause, okay. Because yeah. I, I watch all of them. Whenever I get any culty, weird stuff, I watch it. So I guess. So let's jump to now then. Where are you at well, now? Wait, 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 well, I want to go to right after marriage, yeah. though, because okay. there's a lot that's happening. When, when, when did we meet? How old were we when we met? 2017? When did we meet? We uh, met at First Thrive. First Thrive? Is that 2016? 2017. 17, yeah. 17. First 2017 in Vegas. Hold on. Right before the shooting. First, that's not First Thrive. No, that was like Thrive 3. It was my yes. first Thrive. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got yeah. it. So did, then... You call yours the first. <laughs> the first that Holy shiz. So that was we when we met, met, but we didn't really know each other that well. We met that... I was still in the religion. We were at the tail end. So uh, I had not left the religion yet. And you were still married. I was still married. But how how uh, old were you? Uh, in 20... I was turning 30. Okay. So... Um, so are you wondering where I was mentally at that so, stage? Or? Okay, before we jump to that, though, then, because that is something that I feel like I want to talk about, too, though. So how was your culture then sexually? Like, once you were married, did you feel like you or your wife struggled with, like, your sex life when you got married then? I don't know if that's TMI. but like I honestly wish we, we talked more about this. Because, like, yeah, because I feel like that's something we don't talk about. Because something yeah. that I struggled with a lot when I got married because yeah. I was such a rule follower that yeah. it was hard for me as a woman to just flip the switch to become a sexual person for my husband. So, like, yeah. how was that process for you guys? So... Uh, we were, I mean, again, we were both virgins when we got married. Yeah. So we, at the beginning, it was a little weird and stuff, but then we started to explore a little bit with like what we were into. Like, yeah. can you do more than missionary? Can you do all this stuff? And then we started to realize there's this whole buffet of what people do, yeah. you know, <laughs> and find out what you wanted. So at the beginning, it was a little bit of a a little bit of a, a struggle and stuff, but did then you think something was wrong with you guys, or did you think that like, oh, this needs you to feel be a little out. bit, yeah. a little bit at first, yeah. a little bit at first, we were like, um, like one of my biggest fears was ha- getting married and not getting to have sex naked. That's gonna Wait, sound what? weird. Yep. So, Explain. So, <laughs> I am bad. Nobody knows. Leaving a pause for us. Wait, what? So in Mormon culture and especially fundamentalist Mormon culture, uh, the, we have these things that some people, uh, now call, if you're outside of it, Jesus jammies. 
special underwear. And yeah, Sam talked about that. And so we are in Mormonism, Mormon culture, it's called the garments. The garments protect you. Like we have all, just how you guys told a story earlier about the AIDS thing. We have all these stories in, on, in about these horrible accidents that happen to people. They got in this horrible car wreck and they were saved because they wore the garments. I and I fucking got in a car wreck and I was okay. And I was sure it was because of the garments, you know, uh, and okay. people that are super hardcore about their garments have stories about somebody loved their garments so much that when they would shower, they would take one off half, half of their body and wash it. And the other half, and, and wash it and never fully take them off. That's how much they love their wow. garments. Where do you get the garments from? Uh, like you're supposed to... Walmart. Well, <laughs> n- uh, wh- where you're really supposed to get them is from somebody that makes them in the church that are assigned and they have like certain symbols on them and stuff. We grew up just buying them from a, from an IFA country store or whatever. But so they just, were blessed by God, though. Exactly. Or, uh, yeah. We, 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 they, were, they were training garments is what they were. Uh, so we were someday going to get these garments that were really special, and but treat your long underwear. <laughs> this is so good to say it out loud. But if you treat your IFA long underwear single garments, then you'll be blessed in this life, too. So I was a, I wanted to have sex naked so bad because I was afraid that she was going to want to wear garments and I was going to not get to see a naked woman, even if I'm married, all that sort of stuff. Thankfully she never wore garments, even though I grew up wearing them. Uh, but yeah, to go back to the sex thing, um, it was an evolution. We started super like awkward vanilla and then started to explore stuff. And we thought for sure, like nobody else ever has given a blowjob before. Like no one else. Like that's mm. too much. Sex is just for procreating. We're having sex just because it feels good. I hope that's okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But you didn't, did you feel like that was wrong? A little bit at first. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. So good. How could it be wrong? (laughs) Exactly. It feels so right. (laughs) So you were taught then, even though sex was only for marriage, then even during marriage, though you aren't supposed to enjoy. It's only for procreation. Yeah, and that was debatable. So I had that. Like some families viewed it differently, and my super conservative grandfather uh, once said that. he just said the line that sex is for more than just making kids. And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but this, Check. Yeah. Okay. I'm going yeah. to yeah. This kind of ties to what I was asking before we hit record though. Cause like we joke about it, but it is like, it is clear that like there's some dudes that wanted some power and started religion. Like Joseph, totally. Smith, you know, like, oh, yeah. totally his jam. Did you ever watch the South park Mormonism episode? Dude, yeah. Always so the good. South park plugs. So he good. But, but anyway, that so, one episode in particular is fantastic. Obviously like, you're testing the waters, trying different things, like doing things that would be taboo for some mm-hmm. and realizing there's gray. At what point do you feel comfortable broaching? Like, Hey, what if we're also missing some things religiously or philosophically? Like when do you broach that conversation with your wife? That happened. It started really in, in small ways early on. Like, like you almost like hinting at something to see if she'd bring it up or. She actually had similar questions too, believe it or not. Like oh. she, cause she came from a very much more liberal thinking family right. than I did. Still in polygamy though, like same church, same church. She grew up with five moms, a lot of siblings, okay. very much so. But she doubted a lot of what my dad taught, which made me question what I believed. Mm. We never grew, we, like we never had Christmas. That was just one thing. Like mm. my dad, she grew up with Christmas, loved Christmas, 
and Christmas was a wrong holiday yeah. because it was like invented by pagans and was just commercialized and all this stuff. And, and that was a big thing in the first year of our marriage. Are we going to celebrate Christmas? Are we going to get a tree? Because that's like idol worship, having a tree that people love. And really, you can't your dad idol didn't buy gifts for 40 that's really <laughs> right. he's like uh, I'm having a vision exactly. no Christmas exactly so that caused doubt and then so we question it a lot but what really really blew the doors wide open was we did something that no one in my family had ever done we left Utah and came and lived out and lived out in California mm-hmm. and I did door to door started meeting other where'd you move to San Diego okay yeah uh, Oceanside specifically, but uh, that's funny. You moved out of Utah to do door to door. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Um, solar was big in California, but as I started to experience world outside of the bubble, dude, that's really what made it just like, yeah. it's hard to explain open, yeah. to people. Like it's a whole different world when you're outside of certain bubbles. It's yeah. not like you're just out in California. It feels like you're in a different planet when you're right. outside of the bubble. And I started to associate with other people that were super Christian and they had God experiences. And I was like, what? Like you talk about having things contradict, like yeah. nobody was supposed to have God experiences exactly. because in my church, exactly, yeah. we're the only ones that have mm-hmm. like authority is huge. Authority to speak for God is huge in my church. Like, that's how we're the right church, even compared to other fundamentalist Christian churches, is we're the ones that have the true priesthood, the authority of God to spread messages, to give blessings. And I had talked to these people that had these deep spiritual experiences. I went to the C3 church down there. Like, I don't, I'm not particularly Christian, but I had like a good time. I was like, whoa, this is yeah. scary. And then I started to talk to more people. I started to travel the world. I went to Israel. I met with Jews and went to the Western Wall and saw that it was a completely different religion and they were just as ardent. In fact, deeper and more passionate about their beliefs than ever than I ever was. And I just started to realize, oh, it makes sense now. Why? Like I was in a bubble and yeah. they're in a bubble. Like You're in the cave. What, yeah. yeah, I was in the cave. And then what I really started to just really get down to is, uh, you were just saying a little bit earlier about like you wanting to believe it for yourself. I got to a place where I like, I wanted to f- believe the things that were, that felt congruent with who I was. And some of them were very obvious things now. Like I believe that women should get equal say in things. Wait, like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> exactly, <right? laughs> oh, okay. And then a whole other conversation that I haven't talked a whole lot on anything <clears throat> is the incredible amount of racism Mm -hmm. in my church. Mm -hmm. Um, There was only white people in my church. Mm, That's interesting. And black people. How how big was the church? Not too big. Like Like just your family is 44. Exactly. So maybe a big, (laughs) I think less than 2000. Okay. But in, but in fundamentalist Mormonism, I think it's like, that they estimate between 30 and 50,000, but my particular church about 2000. Justice Smith was hardcore racist though. Yeah. And so my church is is proud of the fact that they have never changed yeah. uh, the original doctrine of Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith was racist, so we're racist too. Hooray! So incredibly good racist, on the website. like in every <laughs> yeah. single like every single way that we I are not an equal opportunity employer. Yeah, like it's almost <clears throat> uncomfortable to even talk about. Like yeah. to the point that if you were to ever have sex with a black person, then you're damned. 
Wow. Because that because they're lesser than you. Like the whole story behind black people, there's a whole story around it. It's yeah. like uh, in the preexistence, there were two brothers that presented a plan to God. Like, how are we going to do this whole earth thing? And one brother said, we're going to give everybody a body. They can do no wrong, but God, I want all the honor and glory. And he's like, okay, anybody else have an idea? And another brother said, we'll give them a body. They'll sin. I will sacrifice myself to, to cover that sin. And I'll give you the honor and glory, God. And God's like, we'll go with that idea. Those two brothers are the devil and Jesus that were brothers in the preexistence. And a lot of spirits in heaven were like, we like that. G- we like our brother Jesus's idea. And then some people were like, we fucking hate Jesus's idea. And then an- another third of people were like, we can't decide. Like we love our brother, de- our devil brother and Jesus. We can't decide. I am a good spirit because I chose Jesus side. That's why I'm white. Mm. Interesting. There are people that chose Lucifer's side. They just, they're hell's angels. They never got a body. They're just going straight they're to hell. demons. Then there are people that didn't pick. They sat on the fence. Those are black people. Wait, what about that's literally what Hispanics I was talking Hispanics or Asian? Exactly. Or... This gray area stuff. Like, there's more than two fucking people. Races, there's yeah. more than two races. Black like, crazy. when you're in it, and it's like you're either yeah, the people like you're either wow. white or black. Like that's how it was discussed. I was like, dude, I've traveled. There's a lot more than that's, white and black. But yeah. that, there's but like Ruckman in like the Baptist world taught that stuff about like the mark of Cain. Like that was yes. their dark skin. But it's, yeah. it's but it's again that's how it's, we used. It's different, but it's the same. It's so the same The mark of stuff. pain is black people. So there's all this stuff that I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that at all. Like in my soul, like to, to, to feel that I am better because we're here to just on the simple grounds of like, if I'm going to be judged by my actions, why the fuck am I going to getting a pass because I'm white? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, like that's the thing is like, even if that were true, why wouldn't it just damn the first generation of people who actually yeah. chose it? Yeah. Like what like, did this guy happen? do? Like this happened like 3000 years ago. It's like, wait. Yeah. And it was what? like somebody else could. And, and we had this whole thing <laughs> in my dad's family that you could be damned on accident that like if, if somebody went and had sex with a black person on accident, no, oh. but then if a woman, no, if a woman, blind. this was Colored one of the, one of my biggest arguments uh, that made no sense when I was a teenager. If a woman went and had sex with a black person, she's cursed. If she goes and has sex with her husband and doesn't tell her, tell him he's now cursed. I'm like, because no she had sex with a black person. Exactly. Him. Cause she passed it to him. Uh. And I'm like, are you, what, what you, somebody can damn you. And you didn't even know it. You did. You're good your whole life. And you get to the other side. Sorry, bro. Yeah. You're a bitch. <laughs> fucked a black guy when you were on that trip. So you're actually damned. It's like, what? So there's all these things that just start so stacking. So can up. black people convert? Yes. They can, they can convert, but they cannot ever hold the priesthood. Mm. They wow. can be racist. Like oh, dude, it's so goddamn racist. It's like on the nose. Well, racist. This, this is how racist this was. Racist. So p- priesthood is this whole 
thing. Like you want to have this thing called the priesthood. It's the power of God, the legitimate power of God that has been passed down from Jesus through giving somebody with the laying on of hands. That's important to be like, I hold the priesthood that I got all the way from Jesus. Uh, Jesus got it from John the Baptist. Then Jesus gave it to his disciples. The disciples gave it to others. And it's to us now. Like it came all the way to us into these days. Nobody can just pop up and say, I speak for Jesus because that's like a false prophet. And priesthood could never be given to a black person because, they, uh, because they're cursed and whatnot. Where was I going with this? There's something important on this. Oh, when I got given the priesthood, this is so fucked up. And I've never shared this with anybody publicly. And I just want to be like, this is in this generation. Because people say, is racism real? Like, it sure the fuck was where I came from. So as soon as I got given the priesthood, I'm like 14 years old. My grandfather, who's still alive, he's one of the church leaders still. Um, He puts his hand up and says, hey, give me a high five. And I give him a high five. Now never do that ever again. And I was like, wait, what? He's like, I just want to teach you a lesson. I want to show you what I mean. Never, ever give anybody a high five as long as you live. It came from the N-word. It came from the N-word. Like full thing, hard R, everything. That's where it came from. Came from those black people. Never do it. That's how racist. Wow. You can't, like, even. You can't high five. You can't have. Don't say, say father. Say father to your parent because daddy was invented by black culture. Like that type of wow. shit is what they say. Like it was so goddamn racist. So would you? So do they like claim to be racist? Then or are they just like own it, it, or they just say it's not? It depends on who you talk to. Some say wow. I'm not racist. My dad would say, "Hell yeah, I'm racist, and I'm damn proud of it." That's what he would say. Wow. Because he's doing. Because God's racist. That's what he says. Wow. <laughs> it's so fucked up. The more you. Step away yeah. from this. So it's so crazy to look at. I'm glad I'm doing comedy now as a hobby. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. because you, there's, you a get, there's a lot yeah. of material. There's a lot of material. It's so crazy. So a lot of these things started to stack. That's kind yeah. of where we were going. And that's yeah. what made me ultimately say. So I'm curious on then. So the side you're talking about, you're traveling. So you moved to Oceanside. You're traveling all stuff. Where is your wife at this time with everything? Do you have kids at this point? Like where did kids come into the place? Like, yeah. So when we moved out to California, we both just took the plunge, put everything in a U-Haul. We had a one-year-old son at the time. Oh, okay. And she's questioning too, honestly. And, uh, and, and I'm, she was more, we, we, we flipped from where we were when we were married. Like when we were married, we first got married. I was like this super shy, conservative boy. And she, she comes from a more liberal family. She had traveled, She'd gone to another country before. She'd gone to New York, Washington, D.C. I hadn't done any of that. And then I got into this this whole phase of like, when I moved to California, it's when I became an entrepreneur. I quit my day job and I'm going to uh, like do this whole personal development thing. And it got to a point where we just, the gap got wider and wider and wider, where I was like, this, like, I don't know if I can continue on with this. Yeah. Uh, but it took a long time to, for me to even say it out loud to myself, mm. let alone to someone else. Yeah. There's this whole interview uh, that's on YouTube with Anthony Padilla, and he plays <clears throat> the audio recording. I have an audio note to myself when I say it out loud for the first time. 
and this is this part's edited out, but it it takes me like twenty minutes really to say it. I think I'm going to leave. I don't think I believe in this. I don't think I'm going to stay in this religion. And so it was a big deal because it's like, what if you're wrong? What if you're damned? What if all this stuff? And so it took me a long time to finally say it out loud to myself. And then eventually I told her. It's so important for people to hear that I think are still in whatever it is. Because I think the the view that I had, even, even up until a few months ago, like there's that part of you when you're clinging to your religious belief that like the people that left are bitter in, on some level, or they're confused. I think it's very easy. Or to, they're doing it because yeah. they want to be able to do something. Yeah. And it's like, then when you're sitting there and you're grappling with like, I know I need to leave and it's hard because there's so much that I want to be true. Like, that's a really scary thing. And like, like I said, like when I, when I left like religion in general, like I had people that were like, man, that's so scary. That's such a scary thing for you. And I'm sitting there going like, it's not. It was hard leaving, mm-hmm. but I'm not all these things that you assume that I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it wasn't a flippant thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we always assume there's the like people this in thing the cave, like, man. Like it's right. scary to leave the cave because you don't know. It's it's the admission that you don't know. Yeah. And and that's what's scary. And it people. only gets because, harder the more years you put into right. it. Everybody yeah. craves certainty. Yeah. Uh, oh, like yeah. like that's one of our just human desires is certainty. And there's so many things that play off of having certainty in life, like yeah. the direction that the you're headed that... in, the stress that you have, the anxiety about the future, the worry that you have. It's all based in whether or not you're certain that something's going to happen or something's not going to happen. That's and where like so many embracing, leave, it's like it's like that. There's that struggle that I think when you hear <laughs> someone from a sermon talk about it. Like they talk about it like it was this flippant decision, no research, no thought. And it's like, no, I was 30 something with a kid and a wife. And like, Mm -hmm. this was my life. Right. There's so so much weight. They left because they wananted to drink and have sex. Right. It's like wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to do those things too. just to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) But see, that's the funny part too, though. It will just like made me like think in my mind too, of like, I feel like that is the one thing I will be grateful for the way we were raised was I never thought that like, I always have clung to the fact of like, if I'm living my life now wrong, like we didn't lose our salvation. So like, I know I'm still going to heaven because the way we were taught being raised was that like eternal security. Yeah. You're internal. Like once you ask God into your heart, like you never lose that. So that has always been, but my kids have changed that for me because I always like the years before I had kids was always like, well, I know that if I, I know for sure I believed it when I was in it. So like, I can't lose it. So I'm good. But then it changed it when I had my kids. Cause then it was like, okay, but like, they're not good. So like, that's what I think was like the biggest, like, I got to figure my shit out now because yeah. I'm good, but am I really going to live my life where I'm okay and my kids aren't okay? Yeah. Absolutely not. And that was when I feel like was the biggest, like, I'm going to figure out what is true and what isn't true or where I stand on it at least because I got to protect my kids. Yeah. And I so think that, that was, does it for a lot of people. And honestly, yeah. I think also what makes a lot of people become religious yeah, because they want oh. something good for their kids. Yeah, and like yeah. well, I Funny. know that Sunday school Parenting was good. Like, that was all yeah. of our, yeah, parents. Yeah. You know, like they, they're level, trying to yeah. do the best that they. Every parent, man, yeah. like if you love your kids, you're just trying to do the best that you can for your kids. Yeah, and that's honestly what I feel really like right now. the The person I was married to is a polygamist. We mm. separated, uh, and and it's pr- a big part of it was like the safety security thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, that 
like that's all she knew. So I thought when we left that maybe she would go and find her own thing and get out of it, but she's in it and and I've had to come to peace with that. And, and ultimately I'm happy for her if she's happy. But the thing that I love is my kids. I love my kids and they get to see two very different worlds. Yeah, that's fair. They get to be in a place that is ultimately very happy and nurturing because they have a lot of friends and cousins and stuff that they're having a good time with and they get to travel the world a little bit. They get to leave the bubble. They get to associate with me. They get to like, I, I, that makes me really happy just as a parent that they are safe as a, on, on their physical level and they get to have something that I would have never gotten to have. And that is some Mm. exposure to different things. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the thing, man. Like you got to do the best you can by your kids and shape them into people that can make their own decisions and trust that they're going to come to the right conclusions for them. That's the thing is that most kids don't get one. Most are raised any side of it. Like, Oh, my dad never goes to church. We don't go to church. There's this, or we always go to like, to have an option to make a choice for yourself is non-existent for most kids. Like, across the board. Like it's just whatever my parents are, I am. Yeah. And that's something that I am very grateful for with the, the mother of my children is that we both agree, even if she's in the religion, ultimately she knows it has to be their choice. And so we're both really into like, they are developing into two really independent, empowered kids, Mm -hmm. like anything from, just their opinions to like, if they, if they become interested in something like the universe, then we take them to like everything that we can, like planets, like go to museums and learn about the universe. Well, they get into dinosaurs, you know, let them, let, let them have something that's their thing and, and, and learn that they can figure stuff out, you know? So that's something I'm grateful for. Timeline from when you, talk to your wife or decided to leave until you did your first ayahuasca journey? Two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. She's, I just dove in. Yeah. Because I had heard your wife, your wife was like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, Take off to Costa Rica for one day that you were just like, I'm going to leave. So you can either come with me or make your own decision. How was that? Yeah. I just made the decision and I wasn't gonna, there's so many people and I, and I, and I have this with my kids. Sometimes there's people that I think, use the things that matter to them as an excuse to stay small or not evolve. And I say that lovingly, like, for example, there's a lot of people that say, Oh, I wish I could X, Y, Z, but I can't because of my kids Mm. or something like that. And I just didn't want to do that, especially with some, some big decision, like I'm leaving the religion. So once I left, I've heard, I just, I'd listened to enough podcasts, enough research on ayahuasca. That's like this, this like, uh, just complete different perspective shift. Yeah. And I wanted to have a clean slate, so to speak. And I really just wanted to find a part of myself that was as close to who I am outside of my religion mm. as possible. So I had already been big on the personal development stuff, was going to a lot of conferences. So uh, my wife at the time was used to that. And so it wasn't a surprise to her when I said, I'm going to go to Costa Rica and do ayahuasca uh, for seven days and, and, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Seven days. Uh, how many days did you actually like take ayahuasca? Yeah, yeah. Four days, four days, wow. four days, night after night after night, four days in a row. Wow. It's bananas. How was that experience? It's so hard to describe. 
Yeah. Um, because every night was so different and I had a really crazy first experience because this was before I'd even been high. I'd never even been high on weed. Did you, did, you, did you drink at all? I a, very little, but never been like plastered. No, drunk. had never been. So this is the first time you've been in like any sort of altered state of consciousness in a big way. Yeah. yeah. And I had tried to get high and, and I had never been high. Uh, and I was like, my body just can't respond to substances is what I thought. Oh, let's not share with the world <laughs> that, that story. So, as soon as I say that, you guys look at Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt like I couldn't get high. So this is what's wild. I, instead of having one shot of ayahuasca, you're, you're on the moon all night. Like it's just gone. I was so concerned that it wouldn't work that I took four. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. So you're still high. Oh, yeah. dude. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're here. Here. We're we're here. Yeah. Dude. So, um, wow. So I, yeah, I talked to some, the shaman. I was like, what's the most you ever took a night? And he's like, three. I'm like, okay. So, I had so you're a shaman now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I fucked up. There's so many people that take ayahuasca and become shamans. It's like annoying. But anyway, um, uh, so the, I just tell you that because it's hard to describe because for some people's experiences, it can last from like three to six hours. And I was like in it for 12, like just super deep, super in it. And probably some of the best takeaways. One of the coolest experiences I ever had was uh, I got to walk into a memory. You can imagine how cool that is. Mm. Like mm. as clear as I'm seeing this, like the big question, I had a burning question that was like, Give me some thread that I can pursue of who the fuck am I that's not culturally based, that's not based on my religion. Give me something. And I started to have this experience where first there were, this is going to sound totally random, like where's this going? Ants were in my view, like up close. And I was like, what the? And I was like, why am I seeing ants? up close 12 hours of this. Oh God. Like, this yeah. is, this is horrible. And I'm like squirming and in, in this like vision or whatever and answer up close. And I'm just like trying to get the ants away. And I'm like, does this mean there are ants in my head? Or is my mind dirty? What is this? <laughs> um, and I remember the shaman saying before we took the ayahuasca that you will get opportunities on ayahuasca to go a good way or, or a, or a yuck or an ugly way. He's like, if you're, ever given the opportunity to see if you see rainbows and unicorns and your creepy neighbor that you never want to talk to. If you want to get the most out of ayahuasca, go to the creepy neighbor. And so in that moment, I thought of that when I was on ayahuasca and I was like, okay, I'm not going to resist these ants anymore. I'm going to accept them as though I chose them. And I accepted the ants and it was a really cool experience because as soon as I did, they, it kind of zoomed out so I couldn't see them up close. And all of a sudden they zoom from my vision and I, and they're like on the ground and they're walking and they're leading me somewhere. Mm. So it was really fucking cool. Like they zoomed out and I was like this whole thing that I thought was a problem. They're like getting my attention, mm. like follow us. Yeah. And I follow them. And I'm just following these, this trail of ants. And before I know it, the trail that w- where they're, the ground that they're on is incredibly familiar. 
because it's the grounds at my dad house when I was a kid before we built the addition. Mm. There's a sidewalk in front of the, in, in the backyard, mm. right outside the door. Like I see the cracks in the sidewalk and everything. I was like, holy shit, I've been here before. This is cool. And then the line of ants goes into a, a pile of ants on the sidewalk. And there's this little four or five-year-old boy on his belly on the sidewalk looking at the pile of ants. And it was me. That's crazy. I feel high and, right now. And <laughs> I and I remember I know that day. I remember that fucking day. The family was in the house watching a cartoon or some Disney movie and I was outside one afternoon on my belly just looking at these pile of ants and I got to see that again. And the 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 message I got was this is you. Start there. This is you yeah. in your normal state. The curious kid outside when everybody else is Wow. Bingo. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, that was the message I got. Like, you're like, that's a place to start. Who yeah. you are is like, you, nobody made you do this. Nobody, like nobody conditioned you. Yeah. This was you in your natural state, just curious yeah. looking at ants. Like, what are they doing? I told it. And I remember that day. And so wow. that was the big, a big takeaway for me on ayahuasca. Um, start wrapping it up here, bro. What, 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 what now? What, like what? What are you thinking nowadays? You know, how are, are you, you staying continuing curious? to? Fig- yeah, how are you <laughs> continuing to? You know, figure it out. Uh, the pandemic was interesting because um, it was like a big figuring it out. Like a like a, a, the div- the separation, the divorce was a long process, and even though it's been a while that I've been out of the re- like, it's been it's, it hasn't been that long because I left the religion and then was still married for a while was still in the culture. It's sure. only been a year that I've been living for myself fully. Wow. And so the figuring it out now is like realizing things like this really is my life. Yeah. I really don't have to ask my daddy or some church permission. What do I want to do? And it's, it's uh, been leaning into more things that just, are interesting to me that I care about. So one thing I got curious about is writing a children's book. It's just something I want to do. So I, I, I tapped into that creativity and, uh, I am into comedy right now. So just doing comedy and using it as therapy. And I I'm in the, like, I'm glad the show isn't, Oh, I figured it out. Yeah. yeah. This is how I did. We could figure be on it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's a short show. Yeah. So it's, it's honestly, I'm in a state right now that I'm, I'm glad I can get say what I'm about to say, because I could not have said this right after leaving. I could not have said this even right after getting divorced and I can finally say it. I'm happier than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. That is, it feels so fucking good to be able to say that because man, leaving was not easy. Going through the separation was not easy. Trying to figure out how are we going to balance this with having two awesome humans in my kids and, and still try to live my life. So I'm just, I, I, I am figuring it out. And the big, the, the big lesson over the last couple of months and last year that I've been figuring out is really understanding that I don't have to ask permission to do the things that 
my heart calls to, to do. And if that means living in a completely different place than I've lived my entire life, then I can do that and I can pursue these things. And not only is that okay, that's, that's good. That's good for my system. That's good for my soul. If there is such a thing as a soul, but it's good. It's good for, it's good for me. So yeah, just, um, just leaning into the things that matter to me. And right now that a lot of that is the creative side, whether that's writing, telling jokes and just expressing myself. That feels really good. Well, dude, thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I know you came out here just, uh, just to spend some time just with us. So, dude, this was cool. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. We could have done this for like three more hours. So yeah, yeah. this is a lot of fun. It was fun. So good to have, have me. Um, I'm super happy to be here. And uh, it was so good to, have, so me. Good to have me. <laughs> it must so have been amazing so to speak with me for some time. I love that you're in service Fuck. of yourself now. Uh, I'm starting another religion, guys. I'm yeah. so yeah. good. I have these insights. Yeah, that you the should, angel came and talked to you now. Yeah, yeah, I want you guys to be the first to I'm so glad. Uh, I'm happy you invited me. Thank you. Uh, And I hope that it's not three more years before I see you again, Travis. Yeah. No, we'll next time. Costa Rica, you'll take four. We'll just film the experience. That sounds great. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, be sure to head over, give us a quick rating and review. It always helps uh, the show. If you're watching YouTube, hit the subscribe button for more content just like this. We'll uh, see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the figuring it out podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. For more information about the show, visit www.figuringitout.tv or connect with us anywhere on social media with the handle figuringitout.tv.